Okay, well, let's dive in. So, a uh, warm welcome. Uh, just want to recap just really briefly. Uh, last week's teaching, if you are unable to be here, um, I unveiled the, uh, the sadness of having to wear these things. It's come, I know, oh, please do that again. Thank you. Um, it has been a... It's been a lot to come to terms with. Um, but I've just had a bit of a predicament because it's, it's that whole thing of like you put them on, it's like, oh my goodness, that's brilliant. I can see it. But then I look up and you're blurry. So, but I use my notes a lot. So I can't keep doing this and this and then this. So I don't know, don't know what to do. So Chantel's here and going, just make the words bigger. I'm like, I know. Well, that's what I've been doing for years, the old finger and thumb trick. And then I've highlighted it all, I've made it bigger, and it's still a little blurry. So my kind of in-between um, thing is I've lowered the stand a little. So the notes are actually a bit further away. That's the technique we're going with. <laughs> At moments, I might need to bring these back on, but we'll just see how we go. So bear with me, please. Um, we, why, why am I telling you that? Because last week, we talked about vision. 2020 vision and we talked about what we focus on we become like so the things that we choose to gaze upon think about speak about and how we engage our lives that's what we become like and I spoke about mobile phones I said the influence of the things that we see through the screens can influence us and shape our thinking and shape our worldview uh, massively and uh, one or two other things and so what I want to do is jump forwards into our next season, this new season, where we begin to unpack where we feel as a church, where as leaders we feel strongly, where God is leading us into, into this next chapter and the life of Carrickfocus Vineyard Church. Our wider leaders uh, have been meeting uh, sporadically since August. Uh, wider leaders, in case you're wondering what does that mean, it just simply means our staff team, uh, including others like uh, Mark and Philippa, Mark leading um, our worship and Philippa leading our women's ministry, and Brian who leads our men's ministry and Ivan and Gail are a part of that, Ivan's on our board and uh, they lead life groups together and I'm missing someone and Emma McGuigan who leads our youth and Elaine Fugard who has been leading with us since day one and uh, together we've just been seeking the Lord and saying what is it, God, that you'd have of us for this next season? Because it's very easy, isn't it, with our whole lives to just simply go and do the same as what we've already done and just continue on with the same humdrum. And we wanted to go before the Lord and say, what is it? What are we actually reaching for? What are the intentions that you have for us as a community? And let's put plans and purposes in place that we might be reaching towards the things that you're leading us into. And we boiled them down to three things. We first of all want to really impact our community. That's nothing different. That comes fully out of one of our core values already. We exist as a church to bring life to those who need to be encouraged and shown the love of Jesus. We want to impact our community in great ways. And I loved hearing some of those stories that Chantel, some of the feedback in which she had given based on some of the things that we had done prior to Christmas. 
We want to really connect with people uh, outside the four walls. As a church community inside the four walls, we want to impact those outside the four walls and bring change and bring a sense of um, God's kingdom and God's glory in our communities. I am sure, like me, many of you have been really impacted hearing the news of terrible things that have happened in our Carrickfergus community, in the Larne community just recently. People's deaths greatly impacted. I know some of you will be closer uh, to others that that's really affected. And we want to we say no. We want to say yes to him and no to the works of the evil one. So that's the first thing. Secondly, we want to grow. We want to grow numerically. It's lovely seeing your faces week in, week out. I'm getting a bit sick and tired of seeing some of you, to be honest. But, you know, if you're, uh, that's a complete joke. If you're a new face, you're really welcome. And you are really welcome. Uh, but it's not enough. We want to see more people uh, here. And that's not an egotistical thing of bums on seats. That's just because we want to see God's kingdom released into people's lives, that we would get charged up in these environments, that we would go out and we would uh, share that with us. We want to see numerical growth because we want to see people come to know Jesus. We do. We do. We really want to see those that we love and those that we're praying for come into a vibrant, living, loving relationship with Jesus. And then lastly, we would love a place of our own, a home, a place that we can call ours, a, a place where we would gather uh, together on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And we, f- we sense that the Lord has that for us, and he's sown that onto the hearts and the minds of many of us here. And uh, we're going to be reaching for, for more then. Uh, just a reminder, we mentioned this in the autumn, and I'm reminding you, as I said I would, that we're going to have a gift day on the 5th of April. And you'll hear much more about that uh, closer to that time. So what we want to do is unpack those three areas, those three things in just much more detail. We're going to frame it in the context of the first few chapters of the book of Acts as uh, the early church just exploded and came onto the scene and just spread like wildfire. And we're going to use various passages from that from now until Easter. Uh, to kind of highlight things. And where I want to start us off this morning simply is where Jesus left off. So where Jesus left off and imparted some of the last words that he said to his disciples and then kind of pick up the story from then on. And we're going to look at uh, three passages uh, together, one after the other, and uh, we're going to read them through together. The first is at the end of Luke, and uh, it says this. He told them, that was Jesus, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem you are witnesses of these things I am going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high then at the end of Matthew Jesus says these things All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely 
I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then we pick it up at the very beginning of Acts in chapter 1. It says this, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What do we hear? What do we read? What is it that Jesus is saying in these three passages? They're all very similar. They say the same thing, basically. First of all, Jesus died and rose again for the forgiveness of sins. And that we must proclaim the gospel. That is the gospel. Whenever you hear the word preaching the gospel, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus died, rose again for our sins, for the forgiveness of sins, so that we might believe and have relationship with him. That is the gospel. The gospel is for all nations, but it starts in Jerusalem, and that we are called to go make disciples, and that we have been given authority from him to go in the power of the Holy Spirit says first and foremost, wait, wait for the promised gift that I am sending you, that the Father is sending you, the Holy Spirit empowered. So ultimately, there's two things we're called to do. Two things as a church, and if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to do is preach the gospel. Share that and uh, in whatever way, using our words, not using our words, in a way that's going to bring God's kingdom to those who don't yet know him. And secondly, we're called to make disciples, make apprentices, the Talmudin. Some of you are thinking, goodness, this sounds very familiar. And you'd be right, because we spent the last term talking about that very same thing. And uh, this is just slightly going to be packaged differently, shall we say. But it's the same thing. You can't get away from it. That's what we're called to do. It's the family business. It's the sign on the door. That's what we're all intended to do, is to go and make disciples. Thanks. As we approach this new season, Carrick Fergus Vineyard Church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, let us go beyond the four walls. Let's go and make disciples. What I want us to do is look at, well, how, how are we going to do that? What's the vision? What, what, in what way? I want to look at two things. First of all, church-led engagement and people-led engagement. And the difference really is this. There's going to be lots of things that we're going to do together as a church, as a church community. And there's going to be lots of things that you're going to do, each and every individual, led by yourselves as we go and preach the gospel and make disciples. So firstly, the church. 
Leaders lead. That's what we're supposed to do, and I hope that's what we do. And it's our responsibility to do a number of things. And the first thing is to cast vision. And that's what we're doing simply this morning, is casting vision and saying, this is who we are and this is what we're about. We must teach the scriptures and, and in such a way as we encourage and we impart vision and say, this is what we're about. We are not about just simply getting together, isn't it nice? Otherwise, we're just playing nicey-nicey church. We get together to worship Jesus. We get together to encourage one another. But we get together to be filled with the Spirit so that we're sent out. That we're sent out. The second thing that we're supposed to do, I think, as a church, as we lead and we lead others, is to create opportunities for growth. Opportunities for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus, but grow in a way in which God has called us individually to be. I've used this passage before, and it's a real hallmark of what I think, biblically speaking, uh, a minister of religion is supposed to be. And it's taken from Ephesians chapter 4. It says, uh, Paul writes, So Christ gave, uh, himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ, that's all of us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining in the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Our job, you pay me to equip you to do the stuff. That's what it's about. That each one of us finds how we're wired, how God's gifted us. What spiritual gifts do we have that God's given us? What past experiences, both good and bad and ugly, that we have experienced in our lives that God is wanting to use for his sake and his kingdom and his glory? What is it that God has entrusted to you? What are the talents, the gold coins? You remember that parable Jesus talked about that he's given to you, he's entrusted to you, that you're called to actually use for, the, for his sake, for the church's sake, and for the world's sake. And how are you investing that? That's my job, to help you get there. But it's also your job to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to that which he's called you to. It's your responsibility to say, I am going to use that gold coin or that two coins or that five coins or whatever it is that God's given you for his sake, for others' sake. There is nothing more exhilarating there is. People, people coming to know Jesus is probably up there, but probably second to that in terms of job satisfaction or what we do is when we see you do what God's made you to do and you for. And 2019, lots of individuals, and I hope you know who you are, you were like, oh my goodness, that was stunning. See the way that you're living out your faith there, that's stunning. See that risk that you took and it came off, stunning. See how God's kingdom came through you saying yes to him? Incredible. See that risk that you took and you landed flat on your face? Stunning. 
because you said yes and you went for it anyway. Said that last week. Said at our, our um, Thanksgiving or our, our Thanksgiving, our appreciation event that we're having in June, where anyone who serves on a regular basis in the life of our church community, we come together, we have a meal together, we have a celebration together, and we usually give out some certificates and sort of awards to recognize people for a job well done. We want to have an award then for the greatest loser, the person that said yes to Jesus, stepped out in faith and had a go at something that they felt God had called them to, but fell flat on their face. We want to, have, we want to celebrate that. Let's make it top award. If you bankrupt the church, well, we're all just, I don't know, go somewhere else maybe. <laughs> that was a bad thing. That's not in the notes. Move on. Let's hope it's not that bad a failure. Where are we? Our role is to equip the saints for works of service. I wonder, I was pondering this in the week, I wonder what Jesus, as he reflected on his ministry, his 33 years, before he goes to be with the Father, I wonder if he did. I wonder if he looked back and go, flip, that was a good time there on earth and blah de blah I wonder how, how he kind of reflected and thought of some of the things that went on some of the things that he did and he was involved with. And uh, or what brought him most satisfaction? I don't know. Maybe he didn't think like that. But I, I was kind of thinking, I wonder if he did. And I wonder, what, what, what would it be? What, what is it that he would be most remembered for? Obviously, outside of dying and rising again, that was pretty important. But outside of that, was it the feeding of the 5,000? I mean, imagine being there at that time. Oh, my goodness, that would have been pretty special. Was it raising his friend Lazarus from the dead? I mean, that would have been an incredible moment. The stone is rolled away and out walks four days old, four days dead old Lazarus. Now I thought, man, it's got to be walking on water. I mean, that's just showing off. Look back, that was a pretty incredible moment, special event. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, do you know what? Probably, probably, <laughs> one of the most significant, satisfying things of his life was the legacy that he left behind in the 11 disciples that started the early church. It was the impact that his life had on those individuals. That's his legacy. That's what he left behind, and to many, many others as well. As I began to ponder that, I began to think again for ourselves. What's our legacy? What do we leave behind? And again, I, I was slightly cautious whether to say this or not say this because there's sensitivities around it. But I feel strongly that I should mention it. We should keep sort of reminding ourselves. But our dear friend Steve, the legacy he left behind live strongly in his three children and those of us who were here last week and we were part of uh, the worship which was led by Nathan Steve and Elaine's son it's just stunning stunning the way in which he led the songs that he chose to lead oh my goodness that which 
he had entrusted and given away. Now, don't get me wrong. I have abs- There's no way on this earth Steve taught Nathan anything musically. <laughs> I know he liked his rock music and all that, but you know that came from other people. But it's the heart, isn't it? It's the heart behind it. I've also noticed this as well, that in these weeks and months, I've noticed God doing some significant things in many of our lives as a result, especially some of our men here in the church. And that's legacy. That's what was entrusted to us as we have received that from a man's life. And we say these things in the context of, again, what is it that God has called us to? What is it that we're uh, leaving behind when, when one goes? What are we doing today with our time, our treasure, and our talent that will leave a lasting impact on others and the world when we're gone? The third area I think we as a church lead ourselves towards uh, kingdom impact in our wider community and making disciples is by creating environments. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the book of Acts and how the early church gathered. But for ourselves, we gather today. We gather every single Sunday. We gather in our life groups, which meet in people's homes. They meet in the pub. They meet in our church buildings down in the center of Carrickfergus. We gather together every Friday at 12 o'clock for Friday church and before then rest. We have numerous, numerous events from paint and sip through to um, axe throwing through to um, uh, lots of other things that you know because they come up on the screen and many of you attend. We've done programs and courses uh, like the marriage course which is coming soon, like Alpha, like uh, the CAP money course. We have lots of different things happening for our children, for our young people, gathered environments. And these are not meant to be exclusive to those inside the four walls, those of us who are believers, although many of those environments are attended by us. They are also for other people to come to. Our um, uh, hog roast that we did uh, Christmas party before Christmas We had 81 people attend, of which half of them, 50% of them, were people that were not part of our church. Wonderful. They are our gathered environments. And as well as our gathered environments as a church, we lead several scattered environments where we go beyond the four walls. Our Christmas lights uh, switch on time when we went out with a red bus and gave uh, things away and we opened our venue and we did a giveaway. A storm in the Castle, we do similar things at the Carrickfergus 10K running race. We do giveaways. We go into the local schools, um, both the secondary schools through our mentoring. I heard just uh, during the notices there, Kathy whispered in my ear, Kathy's one of our uh, mentors. We go into the local schools and we mentor children one-to-one. That One of the children, one of the girls in which she sees became a Christian just before Christmas. It's wonderful, something to be celebrated. But understanding that the goal isn't that they become Christians. The goal is to love. The goal is to care. 
if they become a Christian, they come into a relationship with Jesus, that's a win-win. But that's not always the heart and the intention behind what we do. We go into the local primary schools. Uh, Gillian uh, goes in and takes some others from time to time and leads a number of different environments there. Just recently, we highlighted this last week, um, a team of people went into the Abbey nursing home here just down the road, uh, led by Babs uh, and Andrew McGuigan going in there. I think there were 12 of you, something like that, went in, sang some songs, the, the golden oldie hymns and the, the old ladies, the, the old gentlemen there, just, just loving that. Last year, um, we were part of a women's football competition. I think there were about nine teams that took place. That just happened down here at the 3G in Carrack, our scattered environments. We had our Christmas Day lunch, which you've heard lots about. Then there's lots of other scattering things that we do, things like our, our, our school bags that we give away through the local primary schools. They're gifts, they're things that you have contributed with your resource and your finance that goes towards that. Forgive me if you lead something and I haven't mentioned it in that order. It's just a few things that I'd written down. It's great, but there's more. God has more for us. And I would wholly suspect that there's ideas and vision and dream that God's given you that could be done. We used to say this phrase in the earlier years of the church and we shot ourselves in the foot. The phrase said something like this, he who gets the vision gets the job. And it basically means some folks like to come to us and say, wouldn't it be good if the church did? And then they would tell us their dream, expecting us to do it. And the reply would be, he who gets the vision gets the job. And that still is the case, by the way. But I think we've shot ourselves in the foot by saying it because I think you've stopped coming to us with your ideas <laughs> and saying, wouldn't it be great if the church did? And what we want to say is, come tell us and we'll work it out how we'll do it together. If you have an idea, come share it. Speak it out. May happen, may never happen. But let's see if it's got some wheels, whether it's the Lord and whether he's calling us to be obedient and give our yes to that. So as church, our role, our responsibility is to cast vision, create opportunities and create environments. And I need to speed up. The second is people-led engagement. And that's each and every one of us. We have a role and a responsibility to make disciples, to share our faith or share the gospel. And the first starts with personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus modeled this to us. He spent time with the Father. He inquired of the Father. He only did what he saw the Father doing and he carved out time. May I wholeheartedly encourage you between now and seven o'clock is get to the prayer room down at 29 Lancasterian Street. It is an incredible space and you will be encouraged as you go and pray there. Personal relationship with Jesus. It is our individual responsibility to carve out the time and practice the things that we've talked about, that we model 
in order that we would have relationship with him. Secondly, it is our own responsibility to build personal relationships with one another, with other believers. Yes, that's harder if you're an introvert. Yes, that's harder uh, if you're coming on your own. It's harder if you're feeling burdened or life is crashing in. Yes, yes, yes. But we must try as best as we can to gather together in our life groups by serving on a team, by attending this and attending that. As I say those things, please don't think that we're trying to create a culture where all we do is come to church events. That's not what it's about. We don't want to take you out of the real world just to create this kind of weird kind of let's all just stay holy huddled together. But it is important that we have relationships that we encourage one another. Don't let it be just stuff that we do. Invite someone else out for coffee. Be the first to do that. Practice hospitality. I was thinking about this uh, just recently. One of the things I love about Christmas is getting together. I love to be invited to things. I'm not saying that so that you invite me to your home. It's just nice to be invited. It's just nice to be asked, isn't it? I'm saying that because I'm sure most of you will agree with that. It's nice to say, hey, why don't you come over for a meal? Or why don't you just come over for a coffee? Or let's do this or let's do that. Be the first one. Be the first one to do that. If you're new here or new, nearly new here, please don't think you're the only one. There are others who are uh, just in through the door. If we've been around for a while, I'm looking at some of the old timers here, it's our responsibility also to kind of look out and go, hey, I've not seen you before. What's your name? Please don't ever say the question, is it your first time here? Because they may well turn around to you and say, no, I've been coming for two years. And then you feel a bit, so you just say, hey, I've not met before. What's your name? We do that here. We do that afterwards for coffee, wherever we find ourselves. Practice the gift of hospitality. And lastly, our own individual responsibility, and possibly most importantly, is to have personal relationship with others who are not yet believers. How on earth are we going to make disciples of other folks if we don't actually know anyone who isn't already a Christian if we spend our whole time with just Christians goodness we need to actually be deliberate about that and just be normal about doing that best way for us as a church to connect with people outside the four walls is that each one of us is just doing that look around you add up the numbers do the maths there will be thousands of people that we will come in contact with this week through our jobs, through our attending of different social things that we do, through our families, through our neighbors, wherever God has us and wherever God takes us. But remember this. It's about the one. It's about going after the one. We sang the song, the reckless love of God. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. One of the prayer stations deliberately down uh, in uh, the prayer room there is little cardboard cutouts of men and women which we get to individually pray for. God is interested in the one. Summary. I hope that you're not hearing the kind of message that it's about getting bums on seats. It's not about how can we get more converts. That's not what it's about. 
This is about releasing the expansive kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here on earth in our community. We want to see our lives changed. We want to see our communities changed as well. Over these next few weeks, we're going to look at how the early church began, how it exploded and what they did and how they gathered and how they practiced this kingdom life that God is calling us into today here in Carrick. Let's stand as we worship the Lord together.